Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Hollywood Sources Podcast is brought to you in association with SSE Berwick Bank. We all want a clean energy system that creates jobs, tackles climate change, and supports local communities. But to get there takes more than just ambition. It takes action. In Berwick Bank, Scotland can build the world's largest offshore wind farm. That's right, the biggest anywhere, creating thousands of jobs in the process. SSE, as Scotland's clean energy champion, can't wait to get started as soon as the project gets the green light from government. Learn more at berwickbank.com. The podcast starts now. And welcome to Hollywood Sources. We're doing a year with the various politicians of various parties that we've spoken to. So you'll already have heard the SNP, you'll have heard from Labour as well on our previous two episodes. And today we're kind of doing best of the rest, really. On this episode you'll hear from Alex Salmond, you'll hear from Ash Regan, both representatives of the Alaba Party. Ash Regan, of course, their first MSP after that dramatic defection a few months ago. And also on this episode, Alex Cole-Hamilton, who's the leader of the Scottish Lib Dems as well. Uh, so stay with us for the episode. Thanks for being here for this episode. And if you've been here since we launched, thank you. If you've found us since, thank you. And if this is the first thing you've ever heard, well, stick around. We're just getting started. And next year, you're going to have a general election. And who better to guide you through than Jeff Aberdeen, Andy McKeever, and our smorgasbord of guests and live events and all the fun stuff that we've got planned for next year. Let's have a little listen then, where else to start on this episode, but with the Alaba leader, former SNP leader, former First Minister of Scotland, Jeff's old boss, Alex Salmond. Well, I'm not going to uh, uh, interfere in the disciplinary processes of another party, so that, I mean, I'm afraid Hamza's going to have to uh, 
is going to have to solve that one for himself. Uh, I mean, it's going to be no point in me giving him advice because he, he certainly wouldn't take it. So, uh, <laughs> the uh, but I mean, I know what I would do, and uh, I know what Nicholas Sturgeon would have done uh, if, with Nicholas Sturgeon if uh, they had uh, been other people in other circumstances. But uh, you know, how is this going to work? You're suggesting you, you would have, you would no. Have I'm not. I'm not suggesting anything of the sort. I, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting what Nicholas Sturgeon would have suspended Nicholas Sturgeon under these circumstances. No question about that. But look, what uh, what Hamza decides to do with the internal discipline of the, another political party and not the one I lead is a matter for Hamza. And there has to be a realization of the extent of the problem. I mean, you know, the, the SNP as a political party has a, you know, is facing. A potential, uh, I was going to say extinction event. Maybe that's a bit uh, a bit uh, alarming. But uh, you know, if you don't change course, <laughs> then you know that is the sort of that's that's where it's heading. Because the trouble in politics, you know, momentum works two ways. It can work in your favour very substantially. It can also, you know, reverse momentum is equally compelling, and they have to shift the narrative. The narrative of this now is that the SNP find it difficulty running a tap in the Scottish Parliament, is they're embarked on confrontational issues with the Scottish population, which are causing significant damage to, to these pop, to these groups in society, but more so to the SNP's reputation. Uh, there is a real underlying feeling that key public services are not being run as they should be run. Uh, and that uh, there is also the general feeling, I mean, I don't, wouldn't describe it as complacency because people must be concerned, uh, but the idea that this is somehow just kind of midterm blues and everything's going to settle itself if yeah. you don't do something about it. Now, hopefully, but, you know, after a few weeks in the job, Hamza will, uh, will find the... Uh, the, uh, the um, so you think it's you think it's savable, salvageable? It's not irreparably damaged by Nicola Sturgeon's leadership and the chaos. That's no, and there's no insoluble political problem. Uh, but the first essential ingredient is to realise the full extent of what the problem is. When the, the SNP's reputation, its loyalty, generational loyalty, took thirty years and more to build up. Mm. It, it doesn't take thirty years to knock it down. Do you regret not taking time out, pursuing other interests, and then seeing where the political land might lay and come back at a time, perhaps now even, uh, without having gone through what you've gone through since that period in terms of standing in politics, losing your seat and all the rest of it and some Russia Today programmes or whatever. Uh, cheeky, I'm sorry. But do you, do you genuinely regret... I mean, obviously at the time, Jeff, I, I thought there was a very good chance of a hung parliament uh, and a very good chance that the SNP would emerge. I didn't think with 56 seats, but with, you know, uh, I thought the, the SNP would have a, uh, because of the momentum that you were talking about was such that, I mean, I, you know, it took me about two hours to walk down George Street to, <laughs> with a uh, profusion of selfies. I mean, it, it, it was uh, an extraordinary Atmosphere, you know, it was uh, it was uh, buyer's regret or loser's regret or non-buyer's regret to the most extraordinary extent. 
uh, and I thought there would be a hung parliament. And you know, politics is, is when you see an opportunity looming, you know, you want to play out the hand. And I didn't say they'd get harm with it. So it's not taking a decision like that based on the information at the time. But if you're if you if your question is, do, do I wake up some mornings and say, what on earth was I doing, uh, standing down the day after the the, the referendum, then? Then yeah, uh, I mean, if I had been able to see what was going to transpire, then clearly I wouldn't have done that. Uh, because not, but, you know, because of personal ambition. But you know, Scotland could have played a much, much better hand than it has over these last years. And I'm particularly anguished about the the loss of the well, quite hard won reputation for competence in government. Uh, just a final one from me as well. Um, do you think your party, do you think Alaba could benefit from, you know, the electoral campaigning prowess of somebody like Nicola Sturgeon? Right, Alaba, we had a conference recently, a spring conference in uh, Inverness, right? And a guy at the end of the conference came up to me and said, you know, he said, that's just like... Uh, that's just like an SNP conference from the 1990s. Very great. I enjoyed myself. And, uh, and then he paused, and just as he was leaving, he said to me, of which no praise could be higher. Uh, so, you know, the, uh, what I could... Uh, I, I think, uh, hopefully, people find the, uh, the ALPA as a political party. And I, you know, because the only way Alipa can succeed is engendering that sort of uh, volunteer army, that sort of camaraderie. Mm. Uh, and uh, if we do that, then I think we can, we'll, we'll see what the uh, the next Scottish election brings. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain the environment there will be, mm. will be uh, amenable to the Alipa message. Uh, so um, those who want to come on board can come on board. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All welcome. Yes, you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, who could have predicted all those months ago when we were speaking to Mr. Salmond that by the end of the year we'd also be speaking to a colleague of his at Holyrood, an actual Alaba Party MSP, albeit Ash Regan achieved that by defecting from the SNP and not going for a by-election, but hey, that's, um, that's by the by at this point, isn't it? Do you think Alex Salmond saw that coming? I'm not sure, but who knows, who knows? He's a wise man. He's been at this a long time. I wonder if he had an inkling. Let's have a listen now to Ash Regan just after she defected. I mean, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, as you can imagine. No politician, uh, you know, leaves their political party lightly. I would say that, first of all, I'm sure people would understand that. It's something that people take very seriously and think through. Um, But you'll know that, obviously, I'd been trying to, I guess, you know, address or at least have debate about some of the challenges that have been facing the SNP for the last wee while inside the party. Um, but I guess you get to the point where you, you're, you know, the positions that you think the party should have and the positions that perhaps the leadership are taking, you're becoming, they're quite divergent. And I guess I got to that, that point where uh, the policies that I thought we, were, we should be pursuing in the SNP, I was diverging quite a lot from that. I want to be productive in Parliament. I want to, you know, I'm, I've got into politics like I suppose most people do because you really want to be productive, you want to make things better, you want to, you know, you're passionate about certain policies and ideas about Scotland. For me, those two, the main things there are obviously the path to independence, getting independence for Scotland because I see that as being uh, the, the best 
um, option for Scotland to live up to its potential and for it to be the best type of country for us all to live in, but also um, protecting and safeguarding women's rights. So that's why I made the decision to go to ALBA, because that's a party I think is very aligned with my views on, especially on those top two issues for me. Mm. What is it about the SNP that, that isn't, you know, as far as you're concerned, going about independence in the right way. Perhaps women's rights is something that's a bit more um, obvious, I guess, given that you'd resigned previously over over similar issues and concerns. But what is it about independence that's, that was irking you? So the strategy, the strategy to get independence. You know, I think we've got a responsibility in pro-independence parties to take independence extremely seriously and to look very carefully at how we progress and achieve it. And um, I obviously, you know, with others watched uh, the most recent SNP uh, conference and the strategy that was then um, adopted. And I just don't think it's a credible strategy. I don't think it's credible to lose uh, MPs, as polling is suggesting that the SNP is, is likely to do, and then to use that as a, a mandate to, to ask for a referendum. To me, that seems like the same strategy that the SNP has been following for a number of years now, and it's a strategy that's it's not been successful. So. Uh, my view on that is, you know, the one that I put forward in the leadership contest that I think um, in the absence of a referendum that we should use the democratic processes that are available to us. And that was obviously be, you know, each and every election, you work with other pro-independence parties um, under, a, you know, ALBA, the terminology they're using for that is, you know, the Scotland United idea. I'm sure people, well, I hope people might have an idea of what that entails. That's working with all the, the pro-independence parties. And then if and when you achieve over the 50% of votes, and that, that's a key difference there, because I think it needs to be that high bar that you can then take that as an instruction from the people of Scotland to go and negotiate for Scotland's exit. Yeah, uh, indeed. And it's something we've covered with uh, Mr. Salmond. Alex Salmond was on this podcast a few months ago. Uh, and so he was explaining more about that. Um, that's obviously still in your podcast feed if you want to scroll back and have a listen. I just want to ask as well, Ash, about Hamza Yusuf's response to your leaving the SNP. Um, he said, and I'm quoting, it is no great loss to the SNP group, I have to say. And it's also hardly not a surprise either, given Ash's statements for many months. In fact, for longer than that. How do you feel about being described as no great loss? Well, I think Hamza, I think we can all see Hamza's been under a lot of pressure in the last few weeks. I think it's only in the last few days um, that his in-laws have obviously managed to get to get out of Gaza. So I think he's been under a lot of pressure. You know, if I'm being completely honest, I think it was a bit unbecoming of somebody in high office to, to make remarks like that. But um, I want to work with the SNP, you know, and I, I wish him well for um, his leadership and I wish the SNP well. And I want to continue to work with the SNP as, you know, as I, I'm sure I will be able to on a whole range of issues. Yeah. If I may come on the back of that, um, Ash, I mean, I, I, I you know, I've, I've given Hamza rightly, I think, a lot of credit in recent weeks for his uh, uh performances in terms of um, what he's dealing with personally, as you rightly point out, and actually dealing with some of the, the, the challenges he's facing in a public policy landscape as well. But I, 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 I didn't like what he said. I said it last week. I, I thought it was a misstep. It was unbecoming. But it wasn't just Hamza, of course. There were other people in the SNP that said something similar. And, and I think this gets down to um, the very nub of the issue for me. Um, you talk about Scotland United and bringing the parties of independence uh, together. 
as somebody that believes in independence and, and always has, it is hugely frustrating to see the tone uh, of debate between the parties of independence, um, the bickering that goes on. And to be fair, Alba uh, are not, not innocent in that regard as well from some from, from the followers um, uh, and, and on social media here. How do you get to a position uh, whereby there is some sort of accommodation across the independence parties? Because one thing that's for certain, if the poll is telling us anything, that this is not chiming well with the electorate. Um, and how does that get resolved uh, from uh, the SNP? Yes, from the Greens. Yes, from the Socialists, but also from ALBA as well. Everyone has a responsibility in that regard. Uh, they do. I agree with that completely. And, you know, I've been saying, um, I've been saying that for a, a number of months now, that I've always, always felt as a, a former Yes campaigner that independence is not about one person. It's not even about one political party. And actually, if you if you look um, to other areas that are pushing for independence, you'll see it's quite normal to have lots of independence parties that don't share the same policies on, on other issues. And that's normal. So I think we all do need to work together. I think it's really important. I don't, I personally don't think we're going to get independence if the independence um, political parties and you know also the, the civil side of that are able to work together. So I think it's important for the politicians uh, at the top of this. So obviously that would be you know senior people in the SNP, and then I will take responsibility personally for this myself um, as a newly senior um, you know MSP in the Alba party to set the tone on that and to say you know that actually we might have our policy differences but we're not going to attack people personally and, and we're going to try to be work constructively as possible across part, across you know the the landscape so I, I tried to set that out in my speech. So my, my first speech, obviously, at the Alba conference a couple of weeks ago, you know, and I really, I thought I quite labored it, you know, saying that we've got to let the anger go. Um, and this was obviously directed at, um, you know, uh, the Alba audience and try to work constructively. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. I accept it. It's an important point, And I, I do agree with you. And I, I'm trying to play my part in that. Hollywood Sources Podcast is brought to you in association with SSE Berwick Bank. We all want a clean energy system that creates jobs, tackles climate change, and supports local communities. But to get there takes more than just ambition. It takes action. In Berwick Bank, Scotland can build the world's largest offshore wind farm. That's right, the biggest anywhere, creating thousands of jobs in the process. 
SSE, as Scotland's clean energy champion, can't wait to get started as soon as the project gets the green light from government. Learn more at berwickbank.com. The podcast starts now. I want to let you hear from Alex Cole Hamilton as well, the Lib Dem leader, who's really generous with his time, actually, in terms of sitting down, speaking with us, sharing some of his sort of policy plans and his vision, really, for the Liberal Democrats, who I think it's fair to say all too often kind of get overlooked, almost on the verge of being ridiculed. But actually, they could have a really vital role to play, both after the general election 2024 and at the Scottish parliamentary election of 20, well, what we're expecting in 2026. The Lib Dems are not irrelevant. They are important. And that's why it's vital that you have a listen next to Alex Cole Hamilton, the Scottish Lib Dem leader. Uh, And one of the things that we wanted to consider at that time, bear in mind we're reflecting on the news as it happens on Hollywood sources, was about the unfolding COVID inquiry. And I suppose the government's willingness, the Scottish government, willingness in this context to cooperate with that inquiry? Well, first and foremost, my reflections are with the families, the grieving COVID families who are um, looking for answers and may be forever denied those answers if these messages have been deleted. Nicola Sturgeon is a very pre- precise and assured politician, but she sounded, I thought, uncharacteristically rattled in that information, in that in that interview. Um, she said at the, the, the end of that remark, those remarks, that she was committed to transparency, but she, I think it's clear now, has deleted messages. I don't think both of those things can be true at the same time. You can't be committed to transparency but withhold some of that information. I disagree with Andy slightly. He said at the top of his remarks that um, it's absolutely fine to have private conversations. Of course that's true. But if those private conversations are the bedrock on which decisions are then formed or give some indication of the power dynamics that were in play at the time, I think they are opposite to the inquiry and the deliberations of the inquiry. Take, for example, the revelations we've had about the importance of Carrie Johnson in number 10 at the time. I mean, I think that, you know, that was those are all private sort of um, scuttlebutt discussions around the campfire, but they will become very important in an analysis of who was making the decisions in number 10 at the time. So I don't think you can di- you can easily disaggregate what private discussions matter and what don't until you've seen them. And if we aren't going to see them, then that really matters. Because if it's a context, and we may never know if those life and death decisions were hinging at any point around Nicola Sturgeon's desire just to do things slightly differently from London, that's important. We need to know that. But was that was that based on science or was that based on politics? And and if we if that is denied to us, then I think that has the makings of perhaps one of the biggest scandals in Scottish political history. If we we don't know why what was driving the decisions made in what has without doubt been the biggest crisis in our lifetimes um, then that is a scandal mm. and so what is what is now appropriate what where are we where are we at in terms of the scottish parliament it's handed over sort of 14000 messages uh, is what we were told yesterday by Shona Robson the deputy first minister where do things go from here because if this is a structural failure that has allowed for ministers to delete WhatsApps to delete evidence uh, that would be pertinent to the COVID inquiry. Should the Scottish Parliament reflect on that and adapt to that so that this can't happen again? 
I think there's um, arguably cause for a parliamentary inquiry into the Scottish government's handling of those messages and, and its processes at the time. But that's down the line. I think what's important right now is that we recover if possible. I don't unfortunately have the technical knowledge to say whether that is achievable, that we recover as much of that. Um, that background chatter, let's call it that, um, which will, would have informed those decisions. Because it's one thing, you know, I think that... Um, Hamza Yusuf was quite smart during his exchange with Douglas Ross in trying to say, look, we're handing, we've handed over records of every decision that was taken. Sometimes the discussion that informed that decision is as important as the decision itself. And, and that's what's being withheld. Um, and until we see that, um, then we can't offer those grieving families the answers they seek. Yeah. If I may just come in just very briefly. Uh, you see... The problem with this um, is there may be absolutely very little or nothing in this um, in terms of the Scottish Government WhatsApps and those that have potentially been deleted. Um, there, is, there might be nothing in there of particular interest um, and, and that's fine and great, but we'll, we might never know. And as long as that ability to, and that's why I want to just, you know, go back to my comments about the, the, the fishiness, so to speak, is that how do you lose that suggestion of a cover-up if we never see those messages? Um, and that's the big problem politically for uh, the Scottish government uh, and, and, and must be actually a source of regret, I'm, I'm sure. And if there was nothing to hide, why bother deleting? And this goes back to the why and the when, um, and 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 that I understand. That. I, 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 guys, none of us are, I'm guessing, technicians here. <laughs> um, no. Will we ever be able to find out why? Uh, sorry, more sorry. Rather, when these 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 uh, 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 will, will messages were deleted. Or will we be able, can they be retrieved in any way? I don't actually know the answers to those questions. If I may, Callum, just on that, I think that we may not know the full picture. If some of these message, messages are lost to us forever, then they're, they're gone. But we may get half of the jigsaw because people, the thing about messages is there's always somebody on the other end of them. And Humz has already said that he kept all his messages. So there, there's maybe exchanges that Nicola deleted from her side of things that he's got. I mean, I was exchanging um, texts and WhatsApp messages with G. Freeman, with Jason Leach, um, with others at the time that I still retained. Um, and so, so there will be some of the picture out there, I'm sure of that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well, is that there's potentially, I think Nicola Sturgeon said she wasn't in group chat, but you know, if there's groups and there's potentially multiple people that have got evidence, as it were, have got the messages, other people who have received them, I would suggest that if you've deleted a WhatsApp message, then it is deleted as far as your side of it. So it's registered to your phone number, but because of its end-to-end -end encryption and the way that WhatsApp kind of prides itself on that, I think if it's gone, it's probably gone. Uh, go on, Andy. Yeah, I mean, well, just to close this off, I, I, the point Alex just made about how he was in messages with Jason Leach and Gene and others, that's, that's exactly my point. I want that sort of thing to be able to happen with opposition leaders and government leaders during a crisis in the absolute knowledge that it will never be made public. I think it's really, really important. Otherwise, there's no trust and you actually can't achieve quite a lot if there's any chance that some of these things... So uh, there's, a, there's a line, uh, there's a line, but that's, that was my point. The... Um, 
But just, if I may, on that point, Andy, I mean, we were talking about the inevitability of a public inquiry in the foothills of the pandemic. You know, before we'd even had our first death here, we were talking, we knew this wave was coming, we knew we would have to account for it. So I don't understand why, you know, and I, I never said anything or asked for de- for information I wouldn't have been entitled to, but, but I was seeking clarification, I was making suggestions, and, and there was a very collegiate atmosphere at the time. I, from the start, as an opposition, health spokesperson thought it likely that my messages might be called upon at some point for a distant future inquiry. I can't imagine that they didn't think the same. The, the, just the, the one thing to take it away from the inquiry and bring it back to politics as well. Of course, you know, we're crazy if we don't think this has an impact on everything else that's going on with the SNP and with Nicola Sturgeon. I mean, this is, this is just more bad news for Hamza, and more bad news for Hamza that is not actually of his own making. I mean, you know, we've we, we've heard very little or nothing about the police inquiry for the last few months, but this, you know, this is not going to help, if we can put it this way, the Nicola Sturgeon narrative at all at the moment. This is obviously nothing to do with the police investigation whatsoever, but the the impression of getting rid of dodgy messages on your phone, which let's face it, that is the perception here, whether it's true or not, that is just going to do this overall narrative for Nicola Sturgeon and for Hamza Youssef absolutely no favours at all. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's one of those things, and it's the, the fact it keeps on running, I think that's from a journalist point of view, it has been days and this is not resolved. That's, you know, that's part of the other, uh, another part of this. Um, Alex, I just want to put this to you from John, who tweeted us uh, to say, ask, to ask you about the COVID inquiry, which obviously we're doing, and what his party will do along with others to hold the Scottish government to account. You mentioned a few moments ago, a parliamentary inquiry. Is that, is that what you will do to hold the, the Scottish government to account on this? I mean, I think that's that's something that we really need to consider. I'm anxious about that because as soon as you agree to a parliamentary inquiry, then it allows the Scottish government to clam up and say, well, we're not going to answer any more questions because there's a coming inquiry. Um, but ultimately, you know, that there is a role for government to hold, sorry, for parliament to hold government to account on process. And that's arguably something that's gone awry here and something that we'll need to a reckoning on. But I think that we don't want that to get in the way of the very legitimate questions. COVID families are asking through the inquiry right now. That's Alex Cole-Hamilton, Scottish Lib Dem leader, rounding off our best of the rest episode for you. We thought it'd be interesting, let me know what you think about this actually. We thought it'd be interesting for you to hear politicians from the same parties, in the case of the SNP and Labour, in our previous two episodes, and then some of these others in conversation uh, on the same episodes, side by side, because sometimes with some of these, they're months apart in, in terms of when we've actually done them and when you've actually heard them. So it's quite interesting to compare and contrast how things change and how the conversations have evolved with whom we've been speaking over the course of this year. There is lots more to come from the Hollywood Sources podcast in 2024. It's a general election year. We have got huge plans for the podcast. We are nothing without you, obviously. So keep us posted. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? You're not allowed to say you want less of Jeff and Andy. I know that's a natural instinct and a gut reaction, but honestly, they're quite good when you listen to them. They really are. Uh, So get in touch. You can email anytime. Hello at hollywoodsources.com. And we will speak to you again very, very soon to guide you through 2024, a general election year in the UK, a really important year for Scotland. Thank you for being with us. We're taking you along for the ride.